Hello, my fine friends. Thank you for choosing my podcast to listen to. We're powered by ACAS Plus. You can join uh, ACAS Plus if you want to get lots of bonuses. Google Rahalastapa and ACAS Plus and you'll get right there. There's lots of fun stuff to get. Um, Rahalastapa tour is nearly over. 21st of March, I'm at Bedford Corn Exchange. I'm talking to Olaf Falafel, who's a very funny children's author and stand-up comedian, and Al Murray, the pub landlord and historian man. And a friend of mine, uh, it should be fantastic, who went to Bedford, went to school in Bedford. It should be amazing. There's plenty of tickets left for that one. Uh, Glasgow on the 27th and Hull on the 28th. They're both sold out, but do keep checking the sites for returns. And uh, occasionally we put some comps back on sale, so there may be a chance to buy tickets. The main thing, though, is that I am going to be on tour doing stand-up, and I would love you to come. Uh, it's uh, from... It starts officially in May, but so uh, there's a few tryouts in April and March. So I'm at the Bill Murray. I'm at um, various places, Luton Hat Factory and uh, the Berry Hedge End. I don't even know where that is before going into a big tour where I'm going all over the place. It's selling in various degrees. Glasgow sold out. They've added an extra date. Uh, Chorley sold out, joined the waiting list. Uh, but a lot of the others have plenty of tickets. So... Do go and come to see that. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour for all those tour dates. RichardHerring.com slash Rahalastapa for the remaining Rahalastapa dates. And uh, yeah, and then I'm going to take a little break from doing Rahalastapas. It'll be nice. We've got loads in the bank. Uh, so I hope you're enjoying them. I think there's some very high quality ones from this tour. Uh, so do keep listening. Do keep telling your friends. RichardHerring.com for all your Richard Herring needs. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another Rahalastapa. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, welcome to another special Rahalastapa from the Bristol Slapstick Festival. This is very special. This is with the goodies. I was very excited to do this one. Uh, we were meant to video as well, but the video went wrong. So this is the only way to enjoy this. Uh, and You'll have to find the clips yourself somewhere down the line. Um, hey, look, I'm doing loads of these podcasts out on the road as well as some in London for the rest of 2019 and 2020 and so on. So go to richchang.com slash gigs and you can see the ones that have been announced so far. There's loads more to be announced in about a week's time as I record this. Uh, go to rahalastapa.co.uk to find out more about this podcast and become a badger and get access to some secret stuff. All right. I hope you enjoy this lovely show with the lovely goodies and a very happy little fanboy called Richard Herring. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host for this afternoon, Richard Herring. Hello. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hello, Bristol. Lovely to see you on this afternoon. Uh, this is the beautiful Old Vic 
Theatre, uh, and uh, welcome. A very exciting for me, I'm sure for you too, to be chatting to the guys we've got coming up, uh, personal heroes of mine. I think anyone of my age will know this was sort of the background of our childhood. If you're my age and we're into the goodies, we were very much the in-betweenies. Uh, <laughs> too young for Monty Python, too old for Mary Mungo and Midge, and... Uh, <laughs> We got, the, I think only the goodies and maybe Tiz was as well a little bit. They opened this possibility of, of anarchic, gently transgressive comedy, which is sort of more impressive, really, than that you can put this stuff out at any time of day. It certainly was an influence uh, on the work I did with Stuart Lee, and we simply did an afternoon show that was much too rude for children, <laughs> um, and somehow got away with it by being on in the afternoon. And uh, it, is, it is a group of people who. Have influenced comedy. I mean, it's incredible. It's almost five decades since they started. Uh, I think there was certain influence on the young ones. I know there were definitely an influence on the mighty Boosh, uh, and certainly an influence on us uh, as well. Um, let's meet the men themselves. They're probably best known uh, for uh, uh, being uh, the uh, man who walks to the phone in Whoops Apocalypse, um, Robin from Roland Rat and the host of the Saturday Banana. You know them best as that, but they also, I don't know if you know this, did a little show together. Um, they are Timbrook Taylor, Graham Garden, and Bill Oddie, all the surviving goodies, ladies and gentlemen. Here they are. Oh. <laughs> Wherever you're going to go. I like this. Graham in the middle. What? I'm in the middle. Oh, you saying that? Who's in the middle? I don't know. Oh, I'm not in the middle. He's sitting the other end. Yeah. It's the bloody goodies. They've all survived. Thank you. Thank you. Amazingly. Not one of them dead. They're all alive. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice start. You're not looking too well yourself, anyway. <laughs> we don't want a bad ending, do we? Now? <laughs> so, what's it like to, fifty years on, practically since you started, to still be selling out theatre, getting that reception, still being so fondly remembered? It's exhausting, <laughs> but, but we're grateful. Yeah, very grateful. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. It, it is lovely, and, and one of the nicest thing is actually with respect to this audience gathered here for the same purpose I assume um, when you're just out anywhere you know being sort of out on some deserted island somewhere and somebody come home and they oh god I'm trespassing and they'll come out and say well you say well I'll watch you on the goodies yes, god. and they always say uh, I grew up with you yes they always use that phrase no you bloody didn't <laughs> I well, I find it, it's, it's, they're old people and they say, I used to be allowed to stay up to watch you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> and then, then some of them say, I used to write with you, and that's Graham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they haven't lost it. So uh, it's good. Uh, <laughs> never had it. Never. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I suppose it's 40 years practically since you stopped being the goodies, really, or since you stopped doing this, this show. I mean, you have worked together in different pairings. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Banana Man. You all... yeah. Oh, please. You are digging them up today, aren't you? 
That was a, a show of shame, <laughs> the way I look at it. I love it. No, it's awesome. Does it? No, 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 you don't love it. You don't love it. You don't love it. You don't love it. I have to say, I don't totally disagree, as usual, with Bill. Banana Man was good. I actually refused. I mean, we didn't mention that. If you don't know what Banana Man was, it was a... Oh, no, it's a different one. I'm thinking of... A banana show or something. I was on as well. A children's Saturday, one. Saturday, Saturday, banana. Saturday banana. What's all this about bananas? <laughs> it's you doing it. Don't blame me. <laughs> <laughs> I, stu- I remember a stu- bunch of students, much, much later on, rushing down in the morning. I was staying at the house and I said, we've got to go out. And they said, no, 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 hang on a minute. Banana man's on. And about 12 university students with degrees and intelligence and they were all watching Banana Man. Quite right, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. It was on the syllabus. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Should have been. So let's uh, let's briefly talk about how it, it all came together and what drew the three of you together. You obviously were uh, Cambridge together, and, and a couple of you were the present, the footlights. And, and yes. Taking... Not everybody. Not everyone. <laughs> no. Who, who got their OBE first, though, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And yeah, but that and was for, that was for uh, abusing bird animals. And <laughs> to prove it, the bird watching, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. I, like, I just yes. I bet Chris Packham isn't showing his off. Do you, do you wear yours, guys? <laughs> do you wear your OBEs or do you have them? No, no. We wave them, but not our OBEs. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> So what drew... What, you, you worked in the 60s on a variety of different shows, again, in, in different pairings, and you obviously knew each other at university. What was it that made you, the three of you decide that you wanted to do a TV show together? Because oh. everyone else had gone off to do Python. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever funny. happened to them, that's the <laughs> Actually, what it was was Graham and I were doing a, a, a series together. We did the second series, uh, Broaden Your Mind, about... Uh, it was an excuse to do comedy about everything. And the BBC said, um, we'd like another series, but could it be slightly different? Meaning, could it be a hell of a sight better? And Bill was doing a lot of the shows, peering in various rooms, singing a song each time. And so the three of us got together, and let's do something a bit different with a storyline. Yeah. And that was, it was a way of putting lots of different sketches together with one storyline. And you didn't have to, have to set up the characters each week. To start with, it was quite tricky, but once the audience knew who you were and how you would react, it's a bit like, you know, don't tell him Pike or, or whatever it is, you know, that you know what they're going to say. Sure. Stupid boy. Yeah. <laughs> that's Dad's army, you know, that's, that's not the goodie. So it's... Um, you, I may, yeah, but it's the confused. same. Yeah. <laughs> Clever clock. It's very lucid, wasn't it, Graham? But it was, good, a good, yeah. it was a good time at the BBC, and I know you've had troubles with the BBC in some ways, which is part of the reason this uh, DVD has <laughs> taken a while to come out. Uh, but the, you, you were given a show on, a, on a, just a basic format, and they just trusted you to get on with it. Yeah, we went to see Michael Mills, who was head of comedy, and said, you know, it, rather than do another sketch show, because there's lots of those about at the moment, we want to do this using a sketch-type comedy in a, a half-hour story, and it's three blokes who'll do anything, anywhere, anytime. And he said, well, I get that idea on my desk every week, um, along with the German version of Dad's Army. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see but, that. <laughs> but he said, I think you can probably get away with it, so have a series. We didn't even do a pilot. I mean, those were the days when there were people who actually backed their judgment at the BBC and commissioned shows that they 
weren't sure they about trusted all cool. so Bill Cotton was very good too. Yeah. That was the touching thing. I don't know whether it still happens, but you no. know, you're sometimes aware that you have a bit of a pull with certain bosses who can get you on, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> but people do, you know. <laughs> What did you do for them? Yes, but anyway. Uh, but in, 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 in those ancient days, in the 60s and 70s, um, by and large, uh, you didn't have to go through that process, you know, of being judged all the time. And I, I remember um, this guy's words to us after that meeting was, I assume you'll do something different with it. That was that yeah. I think he said, you know, we get this idea all the time, but I assume you'll do something different with it. And that was trust, because he had no way of knowing it. And yeah. we let him down. It, does, <laughs> it, does, it doesn't really happen anymore, and it doesn't happen... I, mean, no. I think Python was the same. They basically went, here's your money, go <laughs> yeah. off and make the show. Yeah. And that doesn't happen now, and now producers sort of want to, to be involved in everything. But that was just a sort of junior version of At Last in 1948. Yeah. Know, so that's... that's yeah. silly, but it was. <laughs> Four Yorkshiremen, here we go again. <laughs> um, and, well, the DVD's out, which is an incredible opportunity to... Catch up on all this, all the BBC shows. Yeah, right? yeah. So there's a six. What? Well, how many discs in the DVD? It's bloody seventy old shows. I haven't watched them all. I watched. I had a look at some of them. But what? What? Again, it's it's amazing how it's it does pervade your childhood memories. I can watch shows now, and a week later, have forgotten what they are. But I watched Goodies and the Beanstalk the other day, and I can't have watched it many times as a child because I think it was on twice, maybe on the TV that one. And I remembered so many distinct things about it from when I was eight years old. So it's an, it's an incredible um, to, to create those kind of iconic scenes yeah. that people I, still I, remember. I, I, Ooh, carry on. I like this. Yep. <laughs> I, 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 I feel that in a way, one of our skills, if you like, or was it luck? I don't know. Um, was was creating icons. I mean, there's a series about icons on now, isn't there? Yep. Yes. Yeah. All right. I know what's going on out there, and uh, <laughs> um, we ought to be on. <laughs> We ought to be on it because I think that's something that's very um, crucial to our appeal or people remembering us, you know, because you only had to put that flipping bike, didn't you? So, yeah. uh, people prefer the bike, they like better than the shows, definitely. <laughs> the bike was like that. I guess the, the kitten up the post office tower. There's several of them. Oh, they say, it gets a round of applause. Awesome and we have a special guest actually yeah. coming on. It is the. <laughs> If we had the budget you had for those shows, I'd get a massive skeleton of a cat to come on now. So it's... <laughs> I, what a shame. <laughs> I'd have helped with the budget for that. But it's, it's lovely to watch those shows again, and they do stand up. I mean, near, in nearly every regard. There's obviously some uh, things that wouldn't be shown on TV now for, uh, <laughs> for political correct reasons. Yes. Health and but, safety. But, yeah. not, but not, not very much. But actually, that first episode, it feels very modern. A, I love the way they're packed with gags. There's just overload, overloaded with gags almost. But also that opening scene where you're opening the doors and it's the chroma key, whatever, to show yeah. the photos. It must have seemed incredible at the time, but it still seems like a modern show. Well, I don't know how things are done these days, obviously. I haven't been out in the great world of television, <laughs> radio, or entertainment of any kind for a long time. But in those days, we used to... We were quite methodical. And as Sim has already said, we'd have those lists, you know, of ideas. And when it, ca- it came to writing it, usually Graham would take a chunk, I'd take a chunk, we swapped it over. But if you were doing a visual sequence, I don't, I'm sure you did the same thing. You sort of write a list 
down. And when you got to about 15, you thought, I've got a sequence here. But it was quite a methodical <laughs> yeah. process. Actually. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that a bit, a bit more later because I didn't want to talk about the writing. Um, I think, again, one of the things I remember is that you, you as a pop group, which, again, we will talk about later as well. <laughs> but I've got a very clear memory of, you know, Funky Gibbon was one of the first songs that really, really pervaded my consciousness. And I remember being sort of slightly excited and terrified of Graham going, Funky Gibbon, with that big hand. You were frightened. out of nowhere. <laughs> that stuck in my memory for some reason. <laughs> It sort of haunts my childhood, hopefully. In a, hopefully good. So I think we may have a clip. Oh, no. Uh, a Gibbon-based clip. We haven't seen these clips, so they're going to be a bit of a surprise. <laughs> Let's have a look. Dogs always howling, cats always yelling, but Gibbons only like to sing Based comedy that uh, that you're into, uh, but uh, what was yes. happening there? Can I just uh, <laughs> what was happening? What was that about? And you escaped, Graham, as a gibbon. No, I, I've been cursed by the witch. I think you'd been oh, uh, possessed by the spirit of a gibbon. I shall become a gibbon. It was yeah. like, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't we remember. Rock, we were rocking that uh, dungaree style, weren't we? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You looked as if you were enjoying it so much, Graham. Yeah, what, I li- <laughs> what I liked was the way the director very carefully got the shot of me putting the glove yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> on top of the pops, it was definitely a sort of surprise. Yeah. And they managed, I can remember, I did rewatch the... And it seemed like a scarier glove than that. It's certainly mm. in my memory. That looks quite fluffy and nice. So... <laughs> <laughs> I remember there being a big scary ring on it. That's what I thought. I must be wrong. Um, uh, so, it, well, it's interesting that, that being three of you, I guess. I mean, there's there's plenty of examples of three stooges of three people working together in a team. The but bit, sort of the, the two. The great thing about that is you've act. got a majority always. Yes, that's true. And it is that worked yeah. quite often. Yeah. But so how how did you 
Did the, did the characters of the goodies come about organically? I mean, watching the early ones, it seems to be developing. Or, or had you sort of worked out this kind of... Well, we had to know to a point, I think. We were and going Tim to represent will... all political parties, yeah. basically. Yeah. Tim will contradict me here, of course. Uh, Shall I do it before <laughs> you say right, I said, <laughs> <laughs> say, we've got to have a boffin, we've got to have a scruffy little bastard, and we, we've got to have uh, a gentleman, a posh bloke. And obviously Tim plays the posh bloke, and you didn't know that, did you? What? <laughs> Listen to what me. What did when the oik say? Do you know? <laughs> it was oik speak. I right. think oh. that <laughs> but it was. It was basically with a stupid name like Brooke Taylor. You're going to be the posh one, the, yeah. the upper class twit who was a real coward. You've got Graham, who was a doctor and a boffin, really in real life, and Bill. Well, don't let's talk about it. <laughs> I never have found out what I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, you're right for the democracy of the, the three of you. You know, with the double act when it's just two of you, and I've some experience of this. Uh, it's you know, you are fighting, but also yeah. if if there's someone you can gang up, I guess, on, on one person. If there's three of yeah. you, if two of you agree, and one of you doesn't. So is that it was it? Help. Was it a problem? The three personalities working together. I know that you two wrote most of it, and, and Tim's. I well, know. I mean, because the personalities are different, that makes it easier to write. The, yeah. And you can put the conflict in. And like that clip you saw, the two of them ganging up against me. Yeah. Yeah. Possessed by a given. That became more and more um, a structure, as it were, because we started off, certainly for the first series, or maybe we started doing the same series. Anyway, a couple of series early on, we always had a guest villain, yes. you know, uh, or sometimes a, a guest um, non-villain, friend or famous person. Uh, but we always ended up with the three of us standing there admiring the fine comedy performance <laughs> of this guest, you know. And uh, we have eventually axed the guests and said we can do that and and one of us will take it into we'll go mad each week that was the phrase you know <laughs> whose turn is it to go mad this week <laughs> usually graham's <laughs> but I was actually, we, all, we all went mad but you're right quite right we were so jealous of the guest stars having all the best parts yeah usually doctor who's and people like that yeah. it was it, it, suddenly, we were able to be the nasty ones. And, then, and you showed a clip there where we were, all of us were nasty ones. Yes, <laughs> it's just fun to see. And, and, and looking back on it, which, again, I wouldn't have struck me as a child, but I, the, the budgets were pretty big, I think, weren't they, for the time? And certainly, goodies in the beanstalk, that must, have, that must have cost a lot of money to make. The, the budgets were quite big, but it was a very economical show in that we planned everything meticulously. Right. So we'd have huge meetings before a series where every department would sit around the table, go through the script line by line and see who was going to be responsible for the, the big hat. And we used to, we used, we used to put um, prices on the jokes, didn't we? Well, occasionally, yeah, but at the meeting they would say, well, that's a £1,000 joke, you can have four £250 jokes. <laughs> that's absolutely It really true. was like that, too. Yeah. Well, there was great because it, BBC then was in a lot of it was in a house, yeah. so you knew the guys very well, and they would sit around the table and if come up with a visual effect, quite often they'd make it better the way right. they did it, just was a challenge really. But you were because I was going to ask. I think I've, I read about this anyway. But you you knew that things could be done. Yeah. Uh, when you wrote, so you didn't just write and say make this happen. These eggs falling. We, we, we always knew a way to make the gag work. Yeah. Um, it was a it was a principle really. Yeah. It wasn't. It? We promised 
the, the table, that uh, everybody there, that we wouldn't put anything in the script that we couldn't explain ourselves, if you see what I mean. How yeah. to do it, yeah. Yeah, how to do it, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there were plenty of things in the script we couldn't explain. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we've, you know, you've just seen the first episode where you get on the bike and fall off the bike oh. onto concrete... You were, doing quite, say, you were doing big stunts well, that looked only, quite dangerous. People say, you must have loved that, Trandom. We hated it. Right. Up, especially the first one, which didn't have a brake or a free wheel. Right. So it was Bill going around on the back because he wasn't pedalling. It was horrendous. Yeah, right. He was just baggage in the first series. <laughs> but I mean, that shot of us first getting onto the Trandom, the script says they get on the Trandom and ride off. Right. Uh, and we couldn't. So. Right. <laughs> So we fell off instead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it looks quite painful. I mean, you did hurt yourself. It was very it was painful. Yes. Yeah. It, was there any ever serious, serious injuries? I don't know whether it was from the bike. I know the, the thing was, uh, and I had a great um, responsibility here because, as they said, I was at the back uh, and they were at the front. They couldn't. I could actually make the pedals whip round, if I remember rightly. Or was it you? Where you can whip round? Well, they wouldn't could. whip round. If one person did it, the other pedals would move. Yes. And would gash you across the leg. That was very yeah. nasty. But I think most of our accidents were, were not on the bike. No. Um, Tim, had Graham. A, Tim had a nasty one on the bike. Yeah. <laughs> another thing. What I was going to say was Graham was, we called him Mr. Wise because he used to put little padding on his elbows and there was one point when he got padding all over his back and everything, leapt up in the air and landed on his front. And we were... <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we've always said that we did all our own stunts. We had stuntmen on the show who did stunts as other characters and were also very useful to give us advice yes. on how to do things. And I found something out the other day that Lisa Manikowski in Rhode Island sent me something. Um, Rhode Island? Yeah, because uh, Bill, in one of the episodes called Snooze, he is seen sleepwalking on the top of a bus. Yes. It's very dangerous. Yes, all right. And in fact, in that sequence, a stuntman was used to represent Bill in some of the shots. Some of the shots, yeah. Yeah, and his name was Mick Dillon. And uh, Lisa sent me his obituary. Not because he fell off the bus. <laughs> <laughs> but you're in good company because Mick Dillon is the only stuntman who also stood in for Buster Keaton. Wow. Wow! So there you are. <laughs> <laughs> this is your life, Billotti. <laughs> Oh, my God, he's got a list here, hasn't it? We better handle it. Ringo Starr. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll quickly mention before we, we all go to a, a, a clip with the stunts in a second, but you did, of course, kill a man uh, with your comedy. Yes. Yes. He died laughing. Yeah. He died. And the awful thing was, his, his wife had told the vicar, and that's how it came in the press. And then suddenly all the press were saying, how do you feel about killing this <laughs> And I sort of came up with an answer, well, if I'm going to die watching Malcolm and Wise laughing, I don't mind that. Yeah. But it was tricky. But you also... He was Scottish. You also put a woman... So it wasn't that. We didn't have <laughs> You also put a woman into labour as well, so... Oh, on yeah. balance. Well, we were that was a personal thing. <laughs> then she had twins, so we had to do it again. <laughs> now, we met her in Australia. Yes. She, uh, she said the daughter. Yeah, she'd been in labour and she wouldn't leave the house. 
um, when the ambulance arrived. And I mean, that's a pretty good review, movie. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> pretty review. You come, no, I want to see how this turns out. Yeah. <laughs> and I she turned up with her baby. Alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's have a look at uh, uh, some clips with incredible uh, stunts. Uh, this one is from Way out ba- Outward Bounds, and you're attempting to escape from a baby army. Have a look at that. A baby army. A baby Get your army. inflections right. Army of baby. <laughs> baby army. <laughs> exactly. Mobilise all units immediately. Pursue and exterminate. Repeat. Exterminate. Here come the leaders of tomorrow. Where go the losers of today? They must be all middle-aged now. <laughs> I, I haven't know. seen that since the time. I think it went on a bit. It's bloody <laughs> creepy, isn't it, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> it really is weird. Well, it's like, like, you're off to compared to cartoons, but I think a lot of your stuff feels like someone's really bad dream, you know, like it's like yes. where you're sort of trapped inside someone's crazy dream. Well, I think that was based on, am I right, you correct me, was that the idea that everybody thought Churchill looked like a baby. Yeah, I think that was the tenuous link. Yeah, <laughs> but we then got to that. You packed so much into that, and again, the, the, those effects, special effects, still look impressive. The the, the planes flying over and bombing you still. Yes. Uh, I, uh, yeah, it makes me. That's made me feel quite uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it really. It, it, it wasn't true, Bill. It's okay. <laughs> they weren't real babies. No. <laughs> That was, I think, let's see what I can remember. I think that was on Jersey, wasn't it? Very likely, yeah. Yeah? I remember there was a grips called Tex. Yes. Who devised a scheme for putting the the camera onto a wire so that you got those shots of the, the... uh, the planes point they, of view. Yeah, yeah. They look good, though. And really uh, so good. it was all lashed yeah. together at the last minute and a, a new effect was born. Did you ever feel, um, this is speaking from my personal experience, kind of embarrassed that you were making people <laughs> do a proper job of putting all this crazy stuff together? Because that's how I felt with the sketches we wrote. Yeah. You'd write something what and then some man had to go, oh, I've got to make this happen. What was quite interesting, the guy that did the scenic designer, and everything, at yeah. the end of every run, he was so knackered. He had yeah. say, I'm sorry, I'm never going to do it again. And he was always the first to queue to do the next series. Right. So he missed it, yes. Who was? The designer. Oh, the design. Sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, not Buster Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have been an influence on uh, the next, well, many generations of comedians now. Uh, how does that feel? Do you, do you see it yourself within? I mean, I've never heard the young ones talk about uh, Ben Elton talk about the goodies. He may have done, but it seems like 
the young ones was had a, a lot of similarities. Talking, animals. Well, you know, I think that's. It. I mean, I, I throughout life, well, looks at other people's shows. Uh, could be yours, and, <laughs> and and sort of thing. Which shows that do you feel pleased that you're linked in with? And I must admit, as soon as I saw the young ones, I always thought, you know, it's not like it's stolen from us or anything no. like that. But I'm really pleased that the same sort of humour and the same lack of values, I think, basically, <laughs> you know, bound us together. Yeah. And then there's a few other shows like that. Yeah. Archie Bush. Was <laughs> well, we were very, we were, we were always very, we were always quite glib about. It, but we, whenever anyone, as they always ask comedians and writers, and I won't ask you, where do you get your crazy ideas from? Oh, God. We would say we copy them off the goodies. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that, <laughs> good way out, that, please. Yes, sir. <laughs> we still owe us for that. We do. <laughs> I think you still owe us, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think we ended up in debt in the end. Uh, but uh, yeah, do, is it? Yeah, is, is it flattering to see the, the mighty boost of, of, of again? Of, of, I, I I do watch all this thing. I, I've had a bit of trouble with the mighty boost. It's never quite struck me. You know, I always felt that that uh, that hippie sort person used to be very good at. Um, Cooking cake, so that's what he'd be best at. Yeah. But apparently he's doing that now. <laughs> no, number nine and um, and uh, Western Basie. What's the full title? The League of Gentlemen. The League of Gentlemen. Those are the ones that I I really still love. I must admit, and that oh, yeah, that sort of stuff. <laughs> but it's interesting because I think you know often um, your stuff's very visual and it's. Incredibly clever, though, and I think often critics overlook the cleverness in when certainly when comedy's daft and and full of fun. Funny enough, often overlook uh, as a, as a, yeah. as a valuable. Fun, funny part. enough, one or two of the shows that I like most were at the end of a series. We'd run out of money, and all had to be in a room. Yeah. So there was no film, and it so it was all chat. And they're actually some of my favourite episodes. Yeah. Well, you do both fantastically well. I mean, the one I again, the one I really remember is from childhood was. You all locked in the yes. bunker, and yeah. that was obviously like a bottle episode where you were. Yeah. Where yes. It was all about the characters, and that one completely stuck with me. Well, it allowed, it allowed us. It shows what highfalutin ideas we had, but it allowed us to act. Yeah. You know, because most of the time we're sort of human props, weren't we? We were being sort of rushed around and hit and flattened, like the cartoon thing. Yeah. You know, cartoon animal can be mowed down by um, by a steamroller or something, and then somebody comes on with a pump. <laughs> and blows him up and he's off again, you know. And indeed, we did do that. But in these, these ones where there were just us in the studio, it was great. We had to, by and large, had to do it ourselves. And that was good fun, yeah. And, you know, I think the transgression, both within the ideas, there was some, underneath it all, there was some transgressive ideas. But you also messed around with the format of television. I think you maybe the, you put artificial... Um, Advertising breaks into the certainly yeah. first few series, which was yeah. which was something I had done, I'm not sure anyone had done before, but uh, yeah, no, you feel they must have done. But, but it sort of seems transgressive. Just even see that on the BBC, it's just like, oh, that's a funny idea. To I think yeah. adverts, people had done spoof adverts, oh, of course, but yeah. they, ha- they hadn't put a break in the actual no. program to say end no. of part one. Yeah, yeah. which is They're what just we sketches, did. Basically. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I think some. I just, I, it's, it seems to me the, the comedy that endures most that people love the most. And how many shows from from forty years ago would get a, f- a full audience coming on a, on a Saturday afternoon in Bristol to come and see you? I don't think there's that many, but very the, intelligent people. The, they they are. Yeah. They are. These are very. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> Bristol are a great crowd. I have to say. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, that's it's. You know, I, I think the critics maybe have, uh, were more dismissive of you than you deserved. Maybe at the time, is you were popular and you were and you were. <sighs> 
They were all right at the time. It was only afterwards they sort of were coloured in a different way. You know, it was all Python and that sort of thing. They never saw it again. No, that's true. But when you watch they Python... They can do now, because they've got this wonderful DVD set. Yeah. That's true, yeah. But when you watch Python, you know, Python's now all on Netflix, so you can, if you have the guts to do it, you can watch the whole of Monty Python, yeah. which I don't think is as enjoyable to watch as the goodies, because, like, the, the, hits, are, the hits are maybe uh, are big, but there's a lot of misses in, in Life Python. of Brian was wonderful. The rest yeah. of it doesn't stand out quite so well. Well, that's, yeah, that, yeah. that's true. Well, well, quickly, you nearly did a, a film that, uh, as the goodies. Is that true? I don't know how nearly we did no. it. We wrote the script. <laughs> we got a call from Steven Spielberg. Yeah. This is a monster. And we always got a phone call at the end of the recording, and it was either, who's died now? <laughs> Who is it? Another woman died. No, it isn't. No, apparently it's... Um, <laughs> or man died. It's Steven Spielberg on the phone. And we just, oh, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> and we... I don't think anybody take the call. One of the BBC... Somebody must have done That's probably why you didn't get the film if you didn't take the call. <laughs> yeah, bag it off, Steve. We don't have a um, <laughs> He'd watched it late at night in Los Angeles. Right. T- said to his secretary, see if they're interested in making a film. And sobered up in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although we didn't make it, it felt like an Oscar, the fact that Stephen Spielberg <laughs> thought of us. And actually, somebody else tried to take us over there to do an American version of it. Really, we, yeah. We realised that, that that you had to sign up for seven years and you could be out in three months. Yeah. So I'm always glad we never did, you know, because yes, so yeah. many... Yes, TV no. comedy teams have tried to do films, and some of them are okay. Certainly, We've got some. Is it tonight or tomorrow? You've got the in between us. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you know, it's a very entertaining bunch. Um, but you want to lose it to nothing, really, especially if you've done a TV show, which obviously was very lavish yeah. and would have been expensive, and uh, of course it wouldn't be done in the way it would have been done then, because now it'll it'd all be digitalized and so on and so yeah. forth. Yeah. Press a button, goodies button, bong, there it is. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I mean they are lavish for TV shows, but yeah. part of the charm of it is that the babies clearly aren't babies. You know, I think if they, <laughs> if they were really babies, that would be a lot weirder than the mean dog. When we went to ITV, it yeah. cost almost three times as much because they didn't have the in-house people working right. together. So yeah. you wasted yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's let's have a. I want to talk about your influences. Yeah, we um, haven't seen a lot of these, which is it's really nice to see them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, we want to thank you for that. Well, that's all right. It's my <laughs> pleasure. It's been lots of fun look, watching them back. Do buy the DVDs. I have to say, it's absolutely. <laughs> oh yes, you yes. don't have to say. No, do I do have to say it. Absolutely, don't watch them all in one go uh, and <laughs> spread them out a bit. <laughs> Over three years, <laughs> you can watch one a day. It's, it's got a lot of fun. Um, a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag. A watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. 
ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How did get 30, 30, get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, bet get 20, 20, bet get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So let's talk about what influenced uh, the goodies. We talked about who were influenced by you, but we're going to see some clips after this uh, of some of the uh, of, uh, some of the stuff that may be influenced by Keaton and things like that. Was it was it the old films and the old cartoons, or which which stuff sort of turned you on to? I think probably we saw more cartoons than in the old slapstick films. Sure. We did. I obviously love Keaton and and. Uh, did some of his jokes, indeed. <laughs> uh, but I, I think we uh, were sort of brought up in Bugs Bunny and uh, Tom and Jerry and things like that. And yeah. It was that kind of humour where, you know, there's a thing there where people get shot and then they get up and they're doing something else in a minute. Yes, yeah. Um, so I think that was it. And, the, and also things, you know, when you're a kid, things like the Beano, that sort of silly humour. Uh, yeah. But there's the news... Uh, theatres you went to, they showed the silent films and cartoons. I remember my mother used to drop me off and she went shopping in Manchester. Little did she know that gentlemen would put a hand on the knee and I had to move each time, but I wasn't going to tell her because things like Bugs Bunny were, were wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Worth being abused by, don't I? I uh, that gentleman is, <laughs> is here today. <laughs> there are 20 of Moving around, you can probably hear by the yelps it's going on. <laughs> Can you imagine that in the middle of... I'm sorry, I can't get over that. Engelbert Humperdinck show. <laughs> and that after that piece of nonsense, it cuts to him singing whatever he's... I can't even remember. Anybody remember an Engelbert hit? Can you know? Um, no? No? He did, he, he did the Eurovision Song Contest a couple of years ago, like three or four years ago. Anyway. He's, he's it, still going. He's still there. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's... it's it, it was very bold of somebody to have a go. Well, he, he, he never invited us out to Vegas, did he? <laughs> <laughs> How did it go down in Germany? Did the, did the Germans yeah. like you? Yes. You won the, the silver rose of Montreux. There's a joke we of did, a German guy there said, we would like to show it, but it's a bit too clever for us. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's... Oh, he did it with a German accent, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that human cartoon, had, had anyone really done anything like that before you to sort of try and do cartoons as people? Because obviously the... The fun of cartoons. What, what you can get bits, away with it more One of the bits we always liked was when we just copied Keaton with yeah. the building coming down yeah. on yes. top of us, yeah. which was terrifying. We didn't do it as well as him because you see how nervous we were. But Keaton coming up as a character and taking a note of it, you can when you play it to the audience, about five percent no, but right. at least we're saying thank you, Buster. Yeah, it's interesting because there's little. I mean, as you watch it now, there's it's quite a topical show. There's a lot of topical satire, and so, so some of the shows. Mm kind of don't, wouldn't make sense to people who don't remember, or some of the jokes wouldn't make sense, but there's quite a, there's quite a lot of topical stuff. But most of it does... Is, I think is, they do. I mean, if something was in the news in any kind of profile, then I think people remember these yeah. things, you know, so... This was the 70s. Now, the, really the worst moment recently was in Bristol. I was with Jack Dee and his daughter, and his daughter's at Bristol University. She's studying history. I said, what period? She said, the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you've been watching history. <laughs> it's a very interesting historical document, I have to say. Well, let's uh, we'll look at this clip as we've talked about influences from uh, Keaton. This is a clip uh, from Clown Virus. Uh, you're trying to dispose of a huge can of soup in this one. Let's see. <laughs> I can't this remember. Is, there's Keaton references well, in this one. So let, let's, have a, let's have a look. See what we're talking about, Keaton. <laughs> Lovely. Um, lovely. I, I'm sorry, I didn't think that was at all funny. <laughs> there was something missing. <laughs> Somebody was missing. Yeah. Even halfway through that is when the razor sound came in like a touch too late. You went, oh, get your cues right. <laughs> uh, still, that's from, that's, I think that's the second episode. I think that's pretty early, yes. It was. Yeah. Early. I, I tell you, one of the interesting things, certainly I am a bit, bit obsessive when I'm saying these things, is uh, first of all, some of the music. I don't remember the tunes at all. And it, 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 and, but on the other hand, it's a hell of a contrast between the sort of pianos we've been getting here, isn't it? You know, it's great music being added, but when you see, see that, you've got this heavy metal band thing, you know, thumping away. And the other is the locations. Um, I think that first one on the beach and the cliffs, I was thinking, wait a minute, that's... Portland in yep. a quarry in Portland, and then the sand was probably Weymouth. I love spotting them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I often found very good birds whilst filming. <laughs> it was one occasion when you came up and said there'll be a lot of people here today because I've just spotted a bird from America that shouldn't have been there. And sure enough, all the tutors came. Yeah. So he was right for once. He was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, the it was the. the the first clip was more of showing the influence of uh, road, the cartoons, the sort yes. of road runners, yes. obviously yes, heavy influence. Oh, yeah. And uh, the, the Keaton and Snub Pollard references in the in the second script, according to the Slapstick Festival, that's what they that's oh, what really? they said that they did similar um, things in Gift and Electric House. So, ah, right, that's way, that's what you're influenced by, guys, when you wrote oh. that. So, <laughs> it's well lost. to know. <laughs> Snub Pollard did all that in the, in the Electric House. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, don't, I don't even know who Snub Pollard is. I'm sorry. <laughs> Super Pollard. <laughs> <Super Polar. laughs> well, let's talk about the music because it is a big. It's a big oh, part of both no, the programs. No, they don't want to do that. They're going to go. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> but that was. So you were in that clip. Let's let you have a little chat <laughs> about the music. No, so yeah. the incidental music. It's all the way through the the shows. Oh God, it? yes. Um, it's something I'd always wanted to do was to break the apparently immovable grip that incidental music had on comedy shows for years and years and years, which generally gave a lot of work to piccolo players and tuba players. Because, you know, <laughs> whenever you can tell us a comedy show, like that, you know, wah, 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 when you go in a flashback, like that. And I thought, we're not going to do that. And, um, I can't pretend I wasn't inspired at least by the idea but of the monkeys which did yes. that, but then it was a very different thing. They were actually selling records, that was what it was all about. <laughs> um, 
But and also, the, and, and frankly, I had great fun working my way through just about every single style, you know, from Latin to rock to sambas and God knows like that. I took it terribly seriously. It's perfectly obvious, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very important part of it. And obviously, then it did make you a, a sort of like the monkeys, and that you do, you were yeah. you, know, you were doing this pop career, and you had several. We had about four, four or five top ten records. Yeah. It seemed bizarre, but the great fun of that was we would go on top of the pops frequently, and they had a weird rule in those days at the BBC that you could only you would only get on the show if your record was going up the charts, yeah. and these charts wouldn't come out till I think it was Thursday, yeah. something like that, the day before the bloody show, and you know they, they, they're looking at it. Oh no, our record's gone down. You know, it's a basic look. But we, time and time again, were on shows with people who were almost in tears because they just heard that their record had gone down right. and they were axed at the last minute. Mm. And we were just not taking it seriously. He's still awake. <laughs> <laughs> did, you make, did you hang out with the pop stars backstage? No, and, we hung out with fans people. people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually true. They that were, is actually they true. Yeah. Yeah. They were love, lovely bunch of people. They really were. And Flick Colby, who was their um, choreographer, uh, was great fun. I, I was very fond of Flick. And she, she, she what people, in case they ever wondered, you were watching the pants people and thinking, what the hell are they wearing? That's so embarrassing. You know, I don't mean it's skimpy, it's just wearing. They come on, doing a dance, dress up as bananas or something like that, you know. And Flick was doing that on purpose. Right. People at home would say, it's absolutely ridiculous. And saying, I really got I'm stupid this week. <laughs> she was American, by the way. <laughs> and we saw Tony Blackburn, or we yeah. alluded to Tony Blackburn, yeah. which is a sort of running joke of yours. It's, uh, trying to, <laughs> yes. uh, he's he's been quite a good sport about it. He now. has. Well, he was, yeah. at, he was at the Leicester Square Theatre, wasn't he? He when was, we, and yeah, I've been quite was. nice about him. Unfortunately, he then asked the next question. Yeah, so he stood <laughs> up. I didn't know he was right. there. Yeah, uh, it was, yeah so... Uh, and. Actually, the first episode, I noticed, features both Rolf Harris and Jimmy Savile, so... (laughs) It was hard to escape it, though, wasn't it? (laughs) Surprised that wasn't brought up in court. (laughs) Um, Look, we got a little medley of... uh, Medley? ...musical hits to enjoy. We've already seen you on Shangalang. That was the the good he's doing, uh, Funky Gibbon on Shangalang, which is great. Uh, uh, and now we're going to see. Well, let's let's show them and then see, see, see if you say, yeah. see if you remember them. See if you remember these hits. Ladies in the South can never do it right. Can't do 
completely and unashamedly honest, but I, I rather thought they were good. <laughs> I, love the, I, I really like those songs, and we, Tim and Graham were with us when we happened to be in the studio with Alice Cooper. Mm, yeah. he, he liked Nappy Love. We played, no, not Nappy Love, no, it was, it was um, Shaky Bomb, yes. Uh, Black Pudding Perth, we played that, and that was a real good track, man, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think the Inbetweenies is genuinely like a fantastic song. Well, that that was very that was that was the first hit we heard actually. That was uh, because of the B side, partly. Sorry, it was partly because of the B side. Father Christmas, do not. Die. Yes, <laughs> which strangely enough they wouldn't release. What was, what, was the, what was the song? Father Christmas, do not touch me. It's, it's like. <laughs> Which would have been a, a big hit in the club. And it ends up, it goes, cut, cuts down like, oh, Sir Jasper, do not touch yeah, me. It goes yeah. down to, father, <laughs> that's the last thing. <laughs> I think it's very healthy. <laughs> now, there's, there's nothing like music. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, it's fantastic that you three were hanging around on top of the pops with, with, the, with the pants people, because all the, <laughs> presumably the other pop stars are going, what, who are these idiots? Yeah, well, we belong it? there, you yeah. see. We did belong there. Yeah. We really did. Yeah. Well, the music, the music is, is, is fantastic, Bill. As you know, it, 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 genius. Uh, the other two aren't bad either. Uh, so, <laughs> so oh, let's talk about the classic moments. We've alluded to some of them, and there's—I mean, there are things that I just remember from watching it. I remember 
being obsessed with squeezing ketchup bottles as a, as a five or six year old, seeing yes. those things and wanting to just squirt them in people's faces. Uh, yeah. the, the black puddings and the big hats we've seen now, I'm a Yorkshireman, very offensive. Uh, and of course, and I remember watching uh, Kitten Kong with my family the first time yeah. it was on and, and, you know, and, and how impressed my parents were. You know, I think it might be the reason I became a comedian, isn't it? I saw, my, I saw my dad being impressed by. So it's our fault. Yeah, I think it could be. Look, could I, I impress love him by doing this? Desperate, he wants to make his dad impressed. <laughs> I don't love you, boy, unless you're funny. <laughs> do those do the classic moments? Do, do do they kind of haunt you? Is it is it an annoying thing where a catchphrase is repeated to you, or you, is it nice that people remember those those? We uh, we did some interviews uh, at the top of the BT Tower uh, for for the release of these things. And uh, one of the things they gave us as a gift was a tin of peppermints with the kitten pulling down the tower on the... Yeah. A picture of it on the front. So obviously the icon is being cherished by the, the tower itself. Yeah. 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 Like... Oh, it would know, be daft not to be very yeah. proud of it, really. You know? And it's fun, let's face it. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's amazing, amazing to, 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 to watch them all again. It's a real, it's a real lovely thing to be able to... To see them and to you know and to know that sometimes you watch something back and you think oh you know, oh yeah I, I, also at a very reasonable price yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> everyone should buy it and it's network are putting together do a lot of work in put, in bringing together TV shows as go fast and strike do who do my DVDs uh, but uh, but network have done a lot of great work in in bringing back old TV shows that that, that wouldn't they get released they put a lot of love That's into good. it too and digitally enhanced it so it does look that yeah. much better and does that make up I mean it, it, it I know it always annoyed me and annoyed the fans and, and I know it annoyed you that the BBC never repeated these things even at the time. It wasn't just annoyed. I actually think we were a bit puzzled by it after a while. We began to think, you know, is there some edict at the BBC? And then when I got dropped from Springwatch, I thought, yeah, there is. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't repeat things as much back then, did they? Because I remember, no. you know, I, I, was, I didn't see Monty Python the first time because I was too young. And then I think they didn't repeat it again until about 1980 or something. Something like that. So it was. They weren't. The BBC weren't keen to repeat things straight away. No, but they never stopped repeating. I mean, there's. I always think of Python and Dad's Army as being on somewhere. Yeah. Every single day. Funny, funny enough, that was. A mis- it, they showed a few Dad's Army late on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And suddenly, more and more people watching them, and then they repeated them, and that got them going. So if we could be on on Sunday afternoon, <laughs> yeah, it might work. I think it should. I mean, I don't know which episode it was, but there was in the it was one night in Cheddar. There was like an electrical storm or something that took down all TV. So no, no, nothing was. And I missed the goodies and Blake Seven. Don't know if anyone else remembers this night. Oh, and they God. never repeated anything. So you never got. So there's an episode of Blake Seven I never saw. Never made sense to me after that. <laughs> and <there's, laughs> luckily the goodies still made sense. But like you know, it was such a big deal to me yeah. that I missed that episode of the goodies. But now I'm, I will be able to find it somewhere amongst uh, all yeah. those lot. And and the move. Do you think the move to LWT was 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 part of the problem that the BBC? Which is yeah. extraordinary because we didn't want to leave them. It's no, just they kept putting it off and putting it off. Well, I'd read that because of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy yes. used up all the budget. Yeah. It was yeah. like Douglas well, Adams killed the goodies. Yeah, yeah. It's the visual effects department. That was it. It's not the BBC so much. Right. They were doing that, so they 
they couldn't do both. So you were getting put off and put off, and yeah. so you wanted to yeah. go. Yeah. And do you, do, you, do you regret that move, or are you, are you happy you made the move? I mean, I suppose if there was no choice, then it's... There really wasn't any choice. choice, and no. these two were going through divorces, and they paid us three times as much. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as it happens, I think some of the shows are some of the best we did sure. on uh, the LW teams, which are available. Are they, they are indeed available. Yeah, indeed. Yes. And it, I think some of those are really good. Yeah. 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 But I think that's it. I hadn't really thought of that, that idea that the BBC had, which, again, they don't have anymore, those in-house departments. Oh, that's right, yeah. So, they, yeah. you know, there was a costume department in North Acton, wasn't there, that probably yeah, wasn't yeah, used yeah. that we then used in the early 90s, and then that's all gone or just sold off to someone else. To but do they the used thing. to sit round this table Bill was talking about earlier yeah. when we were going through every single shot on film and they would all sit round the table and that, the fact that they were in-house made it so much easier. Yeah. I, me- really I remember that happening you know, with, the, with, the hat, with the big flat caps and the makeup department, oh, yeah. you know, had ma- yeah. the costume department had got a handle those and said, we want big flat caps, you know, I'd say, yeah, no problem, love. And in they come, they said, with a hat about this big, we said, no, 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 we want big flat hats. <laughs> Been come in with another one, no, 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 well, how big then? <laughs> this big, please. <laughs> and eventually they bless them. They came in having to make, they made about five versions, I think, before we actually got to the big one, you know. And that's lovely because you really are working. The first of all, they said they're size 16. <laughs> 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 and are you glad you said on the name The Goodies? Because it was originally, I don't know if you had many names, originally Narrow Your Mind as the, as the, that, the working That title. followed on from Broaden Your Mind, that yeah, one. Right. And then yes. Bill came up with. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Go on. What? Go Super on. Super Chaps 3. Yeah, Super Chaps 3. <laughs> you see? What is that? I knew yeah, I was right. Got with it. Came to me in the middle of the night, that one did, yeah. Super Chaps <laughs> But the, good, the goodies was, I think, fairly unanimous with yeah. those who had to decide. Because it, um, which is us and a few others, you know. Because it sounded like a rock group, which was, you know. Which is good, and it also good is supposed to badness, blah blah blah. Yeah, but yeah. you never imagine, I suppose, when you're coming up with something like that, that this this will still be a thing. Anybody's going to be four decades time because Monty Python is quite a bad. I mean, they had a lot of choices for names, didn't they? But it's quite a bad name, really. And Monty Python's Flying Circus is quite a bad name. They're lucky it's all about <laughs> Monty Python. Uh, but I the think we is suffered a... from the goodies in a bit because yeah. people think, think goody goody, goody yeah. goodies, you know, that yeah. sort of. Little chaps running around, but so I think it, in a way, counted against it. Bill's right. One of the reasons was we wanted it to sound like a pop group, monkeys or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think, without a doubt, down the years, the the sort of people who like sheep who don't like the shows, the don't likers who nearly always, I don't want to be too critical, but it seems a bit of a snobbery thing. You know, yeah. it's not clever enough. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a kids' programme, if you want to call it that. Yeah. As John, we made John Cleese say that on one of the programmes. But I think that's... That, I feel that got into the BBC hierarchy to go with repeats. I might be wrong, but I sort of didn't know. No, no, one no, of the no, funny no. things was somebody said, you know, John Cleese said kids' programme... Who do you think wrote that line for him? <laughs> yeah. We did. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was me who said it to you, Tim. Uh, so, it's, <laughs> yeah, but that's but uh, you know, but I also think there's not you know, I was a kid when it was on, and that, it, it was really important to me. And I actually, and that we had the same thing because our, our shows were, were on early. Mm. And I think actually, young people, when you know, if comedy and music mean so much to them, exactly. they actually have the best taste, really. And that's why that's why these people are, st- are still here. The older ones are, are dead, uh, but the, the the ones 
actually, there's a, there's a couple of them went during this show. <laughs> yeah, they may have done. I'm just delighted you've all got to the end, all three of you. I was, that was my. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it'd be good. It'd be good for the CV if one of you could just pop <laughs> off now. That's <laughs> <laughs> some hits uh, on the podcast. Uh, let's give everyone a big round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the goodies: Tinker Taylor, Graham Garden, Bill Oddie. If people love you, you can do it. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. No, this isn't a podcast about milk. If you like historical intrigue, a bit of culture and a sprinkling of controversy, this one's for you. I'm Rachel Stewart and I'm travelling around Europe, following the hidden history of everyday things as they're exported through time and around the world, by force, by chance or by choice. No need to pack your bags. Just subscribe to Don't Drink the Milk wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you very much for listening to my podcasts. Listen to some more. Tell your friends about these podcasts. We're in a very competitive market and it would be lovely to keep those downloads coming in. The more downloads we get, the more money we make and the more podcasts we can make for you. It's a beautiful symbiotic relationship. Come and see me on tour at richardherring.com. But otherwise, just, you know, go outside. Enjoy the spring air. It's beautiful out there. I love you all. Goodbye.